Oh, Lord God, we, we come this day. Perhaps this wasn't first on our mind, but we desire to encounter you. And in encountering you, Lord, uh, we may be changed forever. Amen. So um, for my personal devotion this year, I am uh, doing a deeper dive into our, our Sunday Gospels. And, um, and I'm following uh, a reflection. Actually, Ruth, my wife, um, about four weeks ago, she got it on email. And it's from Every Moment Holy. How many of you know anything about that? That's great. Um, it's a series of, uh, it's two actually volume uh, litanies for various occasions. And they're just amazing. I just find them uh, so inspiring. And they speak to me in moments when I have nothing to say and don't know what to say. There's, there's liturgies for loss of death. There's liturgies for suicide. There's liturgies for camping. There's liturgies for celebrating. Um, or actually, there's liturgies for grieving the end of a good book. Th- things like that. But there's also some really deep stuff. And this Lenten series uh, is deep. And, um, and so last week, which it starts on Saturday and goes through the next Saturday, um, it, was a, it was a litany for the death of a dream. And it comes alongside last week's gospel. I promise you I'm going to preach on the blind man, very short. But last week's gospel of the woman who encountered Jesus at the well. And if you don't know that story, this woman comes from Samaria. She comes out the well about noontime, and there's Jesus um, wanting to drink some water, and he has this amazing encounter. It's in chapter 4 of John's Gospel. I don't want to get into it with you, but you can read it. You can also listen to Mark's message on it, um, either again or for the first time, whichever one. All of our sermons are posted on our, our website. So, um, But... This is what I took away. That story last week in the, in the litany, The Death of a Dream, it speaks of shattered dreams. That's the language that I, I use. Shattered dreams that many of us are either um, in the midst of or actually have lived through. Um, and if neither one of those applied, probably will uh, live through shattered dreams. These shattered dreams um, can bring about, as you probably know, immense sorrow um, hardship, suffering, sadness, anger, uh, just all kinds of things. And what is true, however, and I believe this firmly, is in a long obedience to Christ, which is our true journey, is it not? Um, God's work of restoration is not thwarted. Um, I believe that. Um, Here's one short part of that little liturgy. Um, So let this disappointment do its work. You are the king of my collapse. You answer not what I demand, but what I do not even know to ask, Lord. Now take this dream, this husk, this chaff of my desire and give it back reformed and remade according to your better vision or just do not give it back at all. Here is the ruin, here in the ruins of my wrecked expectations, let me make this best confession. Not my dreams, O Lord, but yours be done. Amen. So um, as last week, as Mark unpacked some of the 
encounter Jesus had with this woman from Samaria um, whose life had been shattered, if you will. Um, all practical purposes, she was an outcast or at best marginalized from her community. Read the story for yourself, as I said. Um, so what I'm bringing forward from last week is this story of Jesus' encounter with this woman is that in that encounter, Jesus initiated it, not her. Let me say that again. This encounter with the woman, Jesus initiated, not her. She was going about her daily routine and had my guess, it wasn't even on her mind to encounter Jesus. So uh, with that said, um, let me just say this. I think that's true today. There was a man born blind um, going through his daily routine of being out there begging, and he encounters Jesus. In both of these, God initiated the encounter. Their lives, because of that, were forever changed. God's greatest longing for them and for us is not thwarted by a shattered dream. No matter how marginalized, how blind, how alienated, how hurtful we might be. So this is a quick digression when we started this church 23 years ago, actually, over in January, there were four of us, and we went on a little retreat to try to come up with a mission statement. Now, I want to tell you, I grew up in church. We never had a mission statement. I mean, but this was a new thing, so we were a new church, so we were going to get a mission statement. So we went away, and we came away with four words. God initiates, we respond. That was our mission statement. Um, it was very applicable at the time for oftentimes, and you probably know this if you were to think about it, that in a new church, you get all kind of folks. The settlers aren't coming to the new church. Those who have been walking with Jesus, um, usually you're not coming unless they want to come and be a part of it. We're getting folks from just all kinds of situations. They've been burned by the church, hurt by the church, been looking for a church. And so... God initiates and we respond. Um, and as I look back on some of the earlier teachings centered around that truth that God is relentlessly, hear this, God is relentlessly pursuing us. And in this reality, we are simply to ask ourselves, are our eyes and hearts open to encounter him? The hard part, is oftentimes our situations, where we are in our life, tends to blind us or break our heart from even wanting an encounter. All right. So two weeks ago, um, Father Taylor was preaching on Nicodemus. That was our story two weeks ago. It was another one of those really long ones. And for whatever reason, our lectionary, those of you who might not know what a lectionary is, we follow a set uh, scripture readings every Sunday. Um, the one for this Sunday didn't include the part I had, Dan. And for whatever reason, two weeks ago, it stopped at John 3.15. I mean, what the? 
why not read John 3.16? Nicodemus, who was seeking, and we all know, if we're seeking the Lord and we find the Lord or encounter the Lord, we realize he was seeking us, right? Nicodemus was such. And John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he initiated. God so loved the world that he what? There you go. Um, John 1, um, 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. You know, Romans 5, 6, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 9, but God, verse 8, but God shows his love for us that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God initiates and we respond in that encounter with him. Our shattered dreams become a part of the redemptive story of our lives. Amen. Yes, painful, still hurtful. And it's not the road that we expected. But it's our journey and we travel on it. And God continues to initiate. So today's story Jesus' encounter with a man born blind, it doubles down on this simple truth. As I read it over and over and reflected on uh, the journey and the narrative, blindness to sight, still didn't know um, during the break between, um, Mark brought up a great point. Of course he didn't know. He'd never seen him before. <laughs> that was really good. Um, blindness to sight, um, and then what? Blindness to sight and then acknowledging it was some guy called Jesus, the man called Jesus. Um, and then having to justify himself with his community who seemed much more comfortable with him being blind than him being able to see. And then to his final encounter with Jesus after he had been cast out of the synagogue, once again, Jesus initiated he went and found him, it said, um, and he seeked him out, and Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and he said, um, having found him, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he said, who is it? And he said, you see me now. I'm he. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Oh, what an amazing story. And I just need to tell you, um, that's my journey with Christ. Um, and I know people in my life that when I came to Christ, they didn't really like it. They were much more comfortable with me being out of relationship than in anybody's your story. Isn't it amazing how people love to bring up our past? You know, we're a new creation. The old's gone. You know, you're welcome to dialogue with that person, but that's not me. I was blind and now I see. Jesus saw a man blind from birth. And, you know, I read this story because it was a whole week-long devotion. So every day I was reading it. And I saw something that I'd never seen before. Um, saw something. It was, um, about the third or fourth time reading through, um, I realized what I was struck by. It said, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. He didn't just see a blind man, but rather a man whose life had been reduced to begging to survive. He saw all the pain 
that he had from birth. All the rejection, um, all the shattered dreams of this man who was of age. One day after another, Jesus saw it all. Do we believe that Jesus knows us this way? When he sees you, everything, everything. And yet he initiates into our lives. Amen. All of our hidden sorrow, all our struggles, all of our shattered dreams that perhaps we've not even shared with anyone, that we're just somehow holding on. Maybe we're not comfortable with seeing. So, you know, we also saw the blindness of the religious community. That's us. A community which um, his parents were a part of. I, mean, I, I don't know what was going on with his parents. That just little phrase, you know, ask him. Maybe they just reconciled to it themselves. You know, we ever get that way with someone we've loved and loved and finally we just give up on them? Um, um, who sinned, this man or his parents? His disciples asked. They had set up a system within the religious community that says, you know what, I'm really uncomfortable with blindness and brokenness and all this stuff. Let's just come up with something. Do we not hear and see some of our own responses in the face of a shattered life, whose fault was it, we like to say? There are consequences to sins. Does it really matter? When someone finds themselves or acknowledges that they're broken or shattered, does it really matter whose fault it is? We like to think so, do we not? Why are we so quick to look for justification when a life crashes? rather than looking for the Lord of life, the king of our collapse, to come in and restore us, not only in our life, but in everyone else's life. You know. Finally, you know, I could not help but um, see in this story this recreation. You know, I love recreation. For anyone who is in Christ, that's my favorite passage, 2 Corinthians 517, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. He took dirt, the same dirt that this Lord of life created. All things were created through him. He spit on it, or as Dan said, he spat on it. I've never said spat. He spit on it, and he took that mud, and he said, wash and see, and he did, and he became a new creation. Isn't that amazing? You're a new creation in your baptism, in your accepting this encounter. So I just want to close with this. You know, have you ever experienced after an encounter with Jesus, people asking, well, what's going on? And you keep saying, I'm, I'm him, I'm her, I'm the one. My life is different now. Or have you ever had to say, all I know is I was blind and I see. Jesus did this, not, not me. Or have you ever wanted to just say, 
to someone who just keeps pressing in on you. Do you want to be his disciple? And I don't mean that way. Do you want to be his disciple? But I want you to be his disciple as well. Because if we've encountered Jesus, then that should be our heart. I want to um, close with another reflection. Hear this in a different way. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then those shattered dreams, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.